Then we had uh, the Jets that took over. James thought this was a sports thing, as in the New York Jets football team, so he wore the Cruise Giants jersey. Listen, I didn't know for sure, but if you're going with Jets in New York City, i got to rep the Big Blue, so I threw on Victor Cruz jersey. Always a crowd pleaser. Let's go, Big Blue. Uh, but they're really just called Jets because their names are Jimmy Edgar and Travis Stewart, and that's what we would call, what, an Akron name? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it had nothing to do with football at all. We still have no intro music. We still can't figure out how to make our fucking second mic work. So good. Screw it. It's okay, because we have content to deliver. So here we are, again, with another. Hey, you people, you're listening to High Decibels, an NYC-based live music podcast. We check out the artists we love at New York City venues and beyond and report back to you. I'm Marlia. And I'm James, and this song is Kerala by Bonobo, who we saw at the Brooklyn Mirage on August 17th. And for clips and picks, pick, clips, picks, and stories, follow us at High Decibels Podcast on Instagram. Please do. All right, so getting into this show, I think the first thing that we've got to talk about, as we know, is the venue, Hell yeah. which is Brooklyn Mirage. Hell this was yeah. out in Bushwick, and well, this is a favorite. Uh, is this your favorite? Brooklyn Mirage, by the way, I would say it's more East Williamsburg, but whatever we can get into semantics here. Uh, Brooklyn Mirage is, without a doubt, for EDM, the single best venue in the entire city, without a doubt. Okay, so I would say that the only reason why it, it is not my, it's my second favorite and not my first, and I'll, I'll reveal my first at another time, because... It is only EDM, uh, and sometimes hip hop and salsa, once in a blue moon. But um, listen, at the end of the day, this is their niche. This is what they decided to focus on, and that's fine. It's just I would, the only thing that would make it better is if I could see a rock show there. That's never going to happen though. So uh, I don't even want to see a rock show. I yeah. just want to see a, an electronic-based rock band. Ratatat, please, for the love of God. Let Ratatat play there. I, I, I just, I just don't think it will ever happen. It's no. just, it's just not like kind of what their, what their brand is. But that's fine. Listen, if you like EDM music and you're visiting New York or you're in New York and somehow have been living under a rock and have never heard of this venue and you do go to shows, Brooklyn Mirage, like this is the place to go. Yeah. This, listen, this is, this is truly a fantastic venue, so beautifully designed. Yeah. In more ways than one. You walk in and it's like, uh, so their check-in process is pretty smooth. They seem to know what they're doing. They have an option for you. It is, it is uh, no credit cards accepted inside, which I understand because people get hammered and they leave their cards behind and they don't want to deal with it. So they came up with a system where it's either cash or you link up your wristband to your credit card and you can pay that way. I think that's pretty cool. So they've got that part, you know, really figured out. Uh, there's also food there when you first walk in. Um, and then you get into the actual area where the show is, and this is just uh, beautifully done. It yeah. sort of has this look of like a Mayan ruin or something, right, in a way? Yeah, it's uh, first of all, for those who don't know, it's an outdoor venue. It's actually a right. seasonal venue. Uh, there's two parts to this entire venue. Brooklyn Mirage is open in the summertime, and they have Avant Garden, or Gardner, I'm sorry, which is open in like the come fall, wintertime, all that stuff when it's colder out. But uh, the Brooklyn Mirage part of it, the outdoor venue, is just awesome. Not only, A, let's throw this out there, the best light show in the city, without a doubt. Oh, absolutely. Hands down the best light show in the city. I 100% agree. Even bands that don't, or acts that don't 
focus too much on the visuals and the lights. They're still going to get an incredible light show out of it just because of how good the setup is in the venue itself. And I've been there for like laser shows and stuff and I'm going for like a 3D based light show next what week. What is a laser show? Oh, that's just where they go buck fucking wild lasers when in EDM music. It's really just a great time. Uh, but tr- like if you go for some for an act that really pulls out all the stops for their visuals, this is the place to go for it in New York City without a doubt. Just sort of getting into what this place looks like, because generally speaking, when you get in, because it is the summer, you're not going to be seeing that at first. You're going to catch this place in daylight. And it is one of the loveliest places to catch a sunset in New York City, in my opinion. Um, So there is the obviously the ground level and there's some seating in in the back, uh, not much, and uh, the big stage up front. But then there are several levels that you can walk up to. that are sort of built into the walls that surround it, which it was really smart of them to do Mm -hmm. this, is that they use those walls to keep the sound in so it doesn't bounce all over, you know, to the the best of your ability in terms of an outdoor venue. We talk a little bit about uh, outdoor venues in episode four, the mountain goats and, and what can happen there if it's not well done. But this is very well done. The sound is very well contained, <laughs> sometimes too much so when the bass really gets turned up. But those walls are not only there for aesthetic reasons and the sound reasons, but it's also practical in that, like, for example, in level two, they have another bar built in that you can go to if the bars in the ground level are packed. You're also getting a fantastic view, and they do, we're talking about the light shows, they do light projections on those walls, and one of the things they do that's kind of helpful for people who are on a lot of drugs is they'll actually project the name of mm-hmm. the DJ that you're seeing so that you know in yeah. case you forgot. Or, yeah, or don't know <laughs> who it could track them. You also get, like, a great view of the skyline up there, and there's a third level with an even better view yeah, it's kind of out of the way. Yeah, so there's a third level where if you're getting a little, you know, overwhelmed, you can go up there. And there's like this blue room off to the side that if you're getting overwhelmed, you can go there and hang out a little bit. And there's even a fourth level all the way up, which is this sort of small observation kind of post there where they actually have those. Uh, I don't even know what they're called. Those viewers kind of things you you go look you know through. like when you go to you know maybe you're like and it's some sort of tourist or you want to take a closer view of the a statue yeah. of liberty and you step on the little thing and you put a quarter in and then like it's like binoculars it's like that but i don't think you put a quarter in no, it you just so, use it it's totally free and you can really look down and get a really cool view of the manhattan skyline just a just a stellar venue like palm trees it almost looks like something out of uh you know like florida or something like that and but it just it plopped down in the middle of east williamsburg yeah, it's it's it feels like you're sort of in like uh, I don't know this like stucco palace or something, um, but it's cool because it's like it gives you the option if you want to you know rage down on the floor you can absolutely do so, um, but you can also sit uh, you know at atop uh, the main area. Um, they have some seating uh, in the upper area, and it surrounds you know three sides, right? Um, you can't, mm. there's no side that's like behind the stage, but like, you know, pretty much like, uh, it's almost like, you know, it's if it was, a, as if it was like proscenium style, like mm. you're, you're on the sides or you're at the back. Um, and then if you're just really like, whoa, this is all too much, you can actually exit that area where the show is playing and kind of hang out like where the food is. I mean, it's just like this enormous, 
like indoor outdoor complex that you just kind of have to see for yourself and you know what for as long as we have left of the brooklyn mirage season which i think is what another month, month i hope you make it yeah yeah brooklyn mirage is very much that this is the one venue in the city that i could absolutely say if even if you're not into edm go to it someday just to check out the venue and see just how cool it is, just how cool the light show is. Even if the music isn't your thing, just get out there and dance and enjoy your, and let yourself enjoy it for the night and really check out the visuals. And keep your eyes peeled for an act that maybe you like or if you're not super into EDM, maybe just an act that has a big focus on visuals, like they do like a 3D show or a laser show or something like that. And you're going to see something really, really cool. You are. You're going to have a great time. I know that I always do. Um, I don't have a great time when I look at how much I spend on yeah. my linked credit card the next day because drink prices are not cheap. Um, but that I would say, I mean, I would put this at the same level as, you know, any big nightclub and guess what? Drinks aren't going to be cheap. Sorry. Yeah. $4 for a bottle of water. Get a bottle of water when you first get there. Cause there's a bunch of water fountains for you to keep filling up. So just keep it on you. Even if you're not doing anything illicit, you degenerates, uh, it just gets very generally, it's really hot there. And actually last night was particularly humid too. So we're all just sweating bullets and it was just smart to just have a water bottle on you that you could take. That kind of goes along, uh, the bathroom situation. There's only bathrooms on the bottom floor. There's really one main bathroom off to the side, which is near the smoking area. And that's uh, the right side is the entrance. The left side is the smoking area and the bathroom section. It's also uh, where all the stairs are to get to the second level. There is, by the entrance, another set of bathrooms on the Avant Gardner side. Uh, sometimes I've been there and that's not open for everybody. Other times I've been there and, and they are. <coughs> so I think it just depends on the, like, the show that they're doing or whether or not they open up both sides. Yeah, personally, uh, I can vouch for the fact that I'm, I'm fairly certain, based on the number of shows I've gone there, that you're not going to have to wait in a long line for the bathroom <laughs> unless you uh, it's a Danny Tanaglia show and you're a man, in which case... <laughs> yeah, it's a story for another time. It's literally the only show I've ever been to where the men's line was out the fucking door and the women were just going in and out. And I, I'm not even going to comment further on that, but... If you go and see Danny Tanaglia and Victor Calderon, and Victor Calderon who are actually playing Brooklyn Mirage, yeah, I believe, in a couple of weeks, and you're a man, we're just going to say, prepare to wait in line. <laughs> Listen, all of this will make sense. If you go. If you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But again, totally worth it. If you see anybody that you like, or if you have any interest in EDM, or if you just want to check out, like, like we said, the best fucking venue in the entire city is specifically for EDM. Absolutely go to the Brooklyn Mirage. Couldn't couldn't speak higher of it. Although, we're going to have to talk some shit because this is the first time out of probably maybe the dozen or so times I've been there. I don't know exactly how many times you've been there. I'd say I'm close to a dozen. Generally, you get in. Uh, it's kind of a, It can be a long line depending on what time you get there, uh, but it's pretty quick to get through everything. Uh, get in, they check IDs, and they check your ticket. Then they uh, do the quick pat down and, and uh, check you for everything. And by the way, uh, a lot of times we've been through and it's been just fine. This particular time, I actually saw somebody get what they claim to be a CBD oil pod taken away from them, uh, You know whether that's true or not. I've also seen other times where people just like walked in and clearly had these, you know, <coughs> CBD oil pens and been just fine, but this particular time at least, and maybe it's just because we were there, some of the first people there, but uh, this guy lost the pod, so, you know, keep that in mind. 
I think the bigger issue here, I mean, while I can sympathize with the loss of a pod, my feeling is, is, you know, you go in with something like that, you're taking a risk yeah. and there's, there is the chance that, uh, you'll lose it yeah. even if it is legal. Yeah. Uh, the bigger issue here was why the fuck do you say the doors open at seven and then you have everyone standing outside until eight and then when everybody gets in, like nothing's going on, like there's not even a hour. DJ for an hour and you're even still doing sound check. This was very unusual for Brooklyn Mirage. Yeah, I've been there several times and I've gotten there, you know, before doors open. So there's kind of a line down the block. And then when doors open, everybody gets through, blah, blah, blah. Not a big deal. This time, though, we got there uh, online. It said seven. Our ticket said seven o'clock. So we got there, uh, like, honestly, like quarter to eight. We all, we thought we were going to miss a bit of the fir- the opening act or, you know, which kind of goes against all of our usual speech there. But, you know, sometimes you're a little late. So we get there and we're actually confused. Uh, we're, we're like, do we got to go around the back this time? We walked down the block a little bit and like, well, this isn't right. Like, we've come through this area before. And then we came back to the main entrance area and one of the guys out there, shout out Omar uh, from Passaic, by the way, nice guy. Uh, we were chatting him up and he's like, yeah, we got here at like seven o'clock. We've just been waiting on this corner for 45 minutes because they won't let us in. It was so funny because it was this guy's first time yeah. being there. And this is a venue that we normally champion and say nothing but good things about. We think very highly of it. And so we felt this need, I think, to defend it a little yeah, bit. Like, sure. No, really, dude, it gets better. It gets better because we are we get in there, what was it, quarter after eight, something yeah, like yeah, that. that yeah. And and until, what was it, like, like maybe nine, it's like deader than I've ever seen it, which is kind of a unique yeah. experience to see the Brooklyn Mirage in sort of like hibernation mode in, in a way. But I was just like looking at these guys and I was like, oh man, like you guys, it really does get better. And yeah. it did, it did. Yeah, it really did. Uh, I mean, definitely if you get there early, just as doors open. Every other time I've been there, they at least have somebody spinning and, you know, some people are in the crowd. It's kind of like a, a middle school dance for everybody's off to the side waiting for the one person to get up there and get things going. But when it does and it slowly starts to fill up, you can really see it. Uh, I mean, I've been there with that place, elbow to elbow, packed, and you can't move around. Like last night, not time. so much. Last, I was, it was totally packed last well, night. Last night wasn't as bad as it's been. And I don't want to say it's bad because, like, listen, you go to something like this, you expect a thick crowd. But last night was not as... Really? Yeah, I, I didn't... It was so thick. I felt like it was just as bad as Clapton. No, no, no. I thought Clapton was, was way more packed. But, hey, listen, that's, you know, that's an opinion thing but it's one of those things where it's like for a little while you're going to be just fine and then generally at these kind of things the main act will come on or the headliner will come on about midnight know that like yeah. if you're not you know if you're not normally a night owl like yeah. take a fucking disco nap because if you go there to see a particular headliner which i wonder if our friends from dallas uh oh, ever yeah. did make it actually yeah so we'll tell that story in a sec uh okay well, yeah. okay we can tell it later but in, in any event you're in for a late night in yeah. fact we actually because we had plans the next day we took off uh before uh bonobo who was the headliner here um for this dj set had finished his because it was like two in the morning and like been there since eight yeah. yeah yeah these shows generally will go they'll say like doors are at eight and then they'll go to like four four thirty they'll tell you that online though so they're not bullshitting you they're not lying to you but if you really want to go there and you want to stick it through the whole thing you're going to stay until four four thirty in the morning sometimes even five or later Okay, so I mean, that's the Brooklyn Mirage experience. I know that seems like a bit overwhelming, but honestly, if you just plan accordingly and make sure you have nothing really to do
do the next day, like you can make it. And even if you if you can only make it till two, like you're still gonna see a good chunk of your headliner yeah. if they, you know, if no one fucked them. anything up and everything's on schedule and on time. You'll at least get to see a bit of it and hear, you know, probably a couple hits or whatever. Like it's absolutely worth checking out. Um, it's just, if anything, just just for the quality of the venue itself alone. Uh, but let's move forward into, like, the crowd. I would say it was typical for Broken Mirage. Mm-hmm. Like, mellow at first and then increasingly put drunken mm-hmm. at times pushy. And that's yeah. what happens. Um, if you don't like it, um, stay to the rooftops of the venue. <laughs> Yeah, or off to the side or in the back, yeah. whatever. You don't necessarily need to get into the thick of things. Right. When you get into the thing, like, everyone seems really nice in the beginning, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're in the thick of things, and then people are just, like, shoving around. At one point, I was, you know, felt like I was basically dancing into a man's back, like I was dancing with my nose against a wall. Like, it was a, about as pleasant as if I were to do that. And and then I was like, okay, James, we got to move, because there's this mountain of a person yeah. who just decided to park right in front of me and really has zero awareness of who's around him. So there's, there's constantly that going on. Yeah. Yeah, The the trick is, especially if you're in a very small group with like two or three people is you find another group of like two or three people that don't seem like assholes and just kind of get along, dance near them, get along with them. And then you all start kind of protecting each other. If, if a bunch of people see a big enough group, they'll usually go around it. Oh, and also, uh, if you can, get yourself a fan, a hand fan. Hell yeah. But don't clack it. Yeah, clack fan, don't clack along. Oh, that's annoying as shit. I did get a fan, and it was 100% worth it. It made me very popular. Um, Okay, so um, we are covering today, uh, well, there was Bonobo, who was our headliner, uh, along with Taurus, Jets, Quantic, and Catching Flies. This is, Bonobo is... uh, an instrumentalist is, or has live uh, instruments uh, in his recordings and that sort of thing. That's not what this is. This is a DJ set um, that he did. So he would play some of his music, but this is just purely a DJ set. And then he invited these uh, other acts, uh, which we all saw with, we think, the exception of Quantic. In fact, it did, unless Quantic went on after Bonobo, which is something that sometimes happens yeah. at EDM shows where you think, you know, usually a headliner like closes out a concert. But in this case, sometimes you'll find that they'll they'll put that person on after. But I just I don't know the weird the weird delays and everything in the in the scheduling where it was like, why are they doing sound check or whatever? Like that sort of mm-hmm. led me to believe that maybe this quantic person didn't show up. But yeah, know. we could be totally wrong. And you just came on at like two thirty because I've I've totally done had that happen before where the main act comes on at midnight, plays for two hours, and then you get like two hours of you know some last person that's almost a cool down is the best way to put it because usually by then after the main act and it's two two thirty in the morning everybody leaves. Sometimes you get some really cool stuff though. I remember one time. Uh, a couple months ago, like everybody came out at once and they just did like one big like group together back to back. Where did this happen? I think it was the Grammatic show that I went to, if I remember correctly, or Gareth Emery maybe. Uh, one of the one of those two, which neither of them were that long ago, where everybody came out and they just like were all standing together and just kind of mixing together. It was really cool. But how did they, how did all those people get on the decks at the same time? Yeah, there was like four of them standing in front of the in front of the four. turntables turntable, and they were all just like reaching across. And, like sometimes one guy would kind of take the reins sort of like a back-to-back set but a little more like collaborative i thought it was really really cool i had a great time for that but that doesn't happen all the time so as we talk about this particular uh show that we went to bear in mind that this is not uh a typical concert experience for us whereby 
quite often we're up front or as close as we can be and we're kind of there and we're just there unless someone really has to go to the bathroom or whatever. For these kinds of shows, because they go on for so long and just something about, you know, the rhythmic, like, you know, the repetitive beats and that sort of thing, you kind of like lose track of time and, you know, you can sort of lose your focus and it's a little bit more freeform. You wander around. Sometimes you might miss part of a set because you go out back to smoke. Like, you'd never do that for a concert. Like, you pretty much just leave if you have to go to the bathroom yeah. or you leave during the between sets to get a drink or whatever but this is like more we're kind of wandering around and that sort of thing but I would say we did overall a pretty good job like you know seeing who we came there to see so the first uh, DJ that we saw was uh, Catching Flies who's out of London he's very attractive <clears throat> not that that matters but it helps. But it helps. <laughs> um, so I'd never heard of this DJ before and so uh, I found the name very amusing and um, I had said to James that uh, I wonder if he's the kind of guy who always had his mouth hanging open when he was on stage. And that was why he picked this name. So that when people said to him, what are you, catching flies? And he'd be like, yes, I am. <laughs> she found this observation hysterical and laughed for about five minutes. Uh, wouldn't it be something? But he didn't have his mouth hanging open. No. Now he's more, more conscious of it. But I was like, why else would you call yourself that? I don't know. That's the best story I could come up with. Yeah. Really good act, though. Uh, I mean, honestly, uh, a lot of times at these EDM shows, especially the opener or, like, some of the earlier acts that comes on, like, people come and they don't know him. But he's got, you know, his songs on Spotify have up, upwards of 5 million streams. So maybe he's just more popular in England and hasn't really migrated over here yet. I think here, like, if you if we talk about, like, and I, and I do actually think that Bonobo, like, we were talking about in a separate episode, like, how do where do openers come from? Is that something just the, you know, powers that be do? it or is the headliner pick them i think that he picked these these guys i mean it's, I, this is just my hunch just because it was like so fucking close to what he does i mean all of these people uh were i believe right they're all from they're all from england they're all english, they're all yeah. english. okay so but it's not just that but it's just like very specific in terms of so bonobo can be sort of an experimental uh you know, DJ at times. Yeah, I call him trip hop. <laughs> and that's where he started with the trip hop and then like sort of expand into like incorporating jazz and world music, African, Latin, da 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 da, Indian music, this sort of thing. His music's a little off the beaten path and it's like a little bit more of a journey. And um, so what I noticed, uh, I felt like this was the night of building up to the drop. Mm. I'll explain that. When I first started to listen to Catching Flies, I understand the most of the shows I've been to. Um, at Brooklyn Mirage have been uh, groups that were like very current and almost poppy to a certain degree. And with those acts, there's a sort of primary motivation is like not to say that there's never breaks in the music but the, but it's like keep people dancing keep people moving like it's like sort of a bit of an ADHD crowd you know what I'm saying mm. and I did see that because here's the thing so what I noticed about and so this is very different for, for me he took a long time to really drop in I mean I made a joke to James about I was like oh my god this sounds like the music uh, backing uh, the last corporate training video I had to watch um, you know very low key and you know we're already a bit like not exactly agitated but maybe just a bit um what's the word I'm looking for antsy we were yes we were a bit antsy because we have been you know we're ready to you know get 
this night going and we'd just been kind of sitting around and so the music's really slow but then after t- it took a while to build up but once he was in there he was all in mm. but it did take time it got a bit trancy there was like uh, you know a bit of like some music that had sort of a tribal feel but then sort of a Latin feel I think I even heard a trap beat at one point remember I was like is yeah. this a trap I know I was like dumb white bitch but like, is this a trap beat but I was like pretty sure that's what I heard um and, uh, yeah, like, uh, Trancy House, that sort of thing. I really enjoyed it, but I did notice, like, that slow build, and that is something that I saw in varying permutations, if that's the way mm. that I should say that, with the other artists going on in the night. So this is the first time I kind of, like, picked up on this sort of thing where it's like, these are not DJs that just fucking hit you with it and then just hit you with it for their entire set. Like, there is uh, a sonic journey if you will yeah it's all very trancy and psychedelic with a lot of build up to it uh especially you know as the night went on and some more experienced guys were up there uh they they definitely knew how to like get the crowd into the mood that they were looking for you know they would build up for a while and you gotta you gotta stick with them and get get on the journey that they're trying to take you through really so uh i mean so i mean that's that's all i really have to say about catching flies you know i enjoyed it uh but then uh so then we have quantic but Listen, we didn't see them, so him. So I'm going to skip that. Then we had uh, the Jets that took over. James thought this was a sports thing, as in the New York Jets football team. So he wore the Cruise Giants jersey. Listen, I didn't know for sure, but if you're going with Jets in New York City, i got to rep the Big Blue. So I threw on Victor Cruz jersey, always a crowd pleaser. Let's go, Big Blue. Uh, But they're really just called Jets because their names are Jimmy Edgar and Travis Stewart, and that's what we would call what an Akron name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it had nothing to do with football at all. But you know what? You got to wear. A, I, I couldn't. A, I couldn't risk it. You got. You got to. Yeah. Bust out a, a favorite um, piece of yours, and it's a conversation piece. A lot oh, of people yeah. like approached you about it. You always get a lot of props. You bring out some of those uh, fan favorite jerseys that you might have. The other one that I got is a Nick Swisher jersey that everybody always gets a kick out of. So that's fun. Or if you have shoes that light up like I did. So if you saw somebody in a Giants jersey, I believe you're the only person. Yeah, I didn't see anybody Or else. someone with light-up shoes, I believe I was the only person. Someone had light-up laces. It's not the same. Well, anyway, so that was us. Yeah, say hi next time. <laughs> <laughs> that was us. Um, anyway, so, uh, okay, again, there was a really, really even longer build-up. Mm. Solid like 20 minutes there. It was a while. And I was like, ah, you know, it doesn't bother me. I enjoy this kind of thing as someone who has, you know, played in orchestras and that sort of thing. Like, I understand, you know, stretching music out and giving it time. I thought maybe this was like a bit much for that sort of ADHD Brooklyn Mirage crowd. But I was like, ah, it's early. They can still get away with it. Um, You know. Plus, I feel like you know what you're getting at if you're coming for a bonobo show and, you know, the kind of acts that were coming They're just like, it's Saturday night. It's the Brooklyn mirage i'm going and maybe have no idea that they're i mean i certainly didn't know i knew he was experimental but these long pauses like they are very they are risks to take i mean i felt like we were going uphill on a roller coaster for a very Mm. very very long time before the jets ultimately dropped in yeah but then when they did uh, i gotta tell you it's good good danceable music you know you kind of go to an edm show to to dance and and really let loose and sweat and get things going and uh you know they got they got me going when it when shit really dropped and and i would say this like hard house so i would say this was just like i don't know how to really describe it other than to say that the bass is just sort of this grimy like not a clean sound but like a lot of 
I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know enough about sound engineering to know how that sound is achieved, but it's definitely, you know, that that thumping feeling. Yeah. It's not like kind of light and skittering, you know, on the top of the water. It's like boulders at the bottom. Do you know what I'm saying? You're, it's a very grounding music. You either like it or you don't. Yeah, thumping is really the word for it. That's the same thing that I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, it's really thumping, very driving when it actually comes very down. Driving. Yeah, yeah. It really gets not you going. Not a lot of like vocals as far no. as I could tell or piano or anything like that yeah. uh, or instrument. It, it, was, it was pretty straightforward in terms of what I would say like the, the most musical it got was when they were like building up to that moment um yeah, and then just uh, like we said thumping driving bass it really gets you dancing to a lot of head banging at some, a couple points there you know if you're if you're the kind of guy that if you're the kind of person that is into like the head banging sort of edm they'll have their moments there but it's going to be interspersed with quite a bit of psychedelic and even trancey kind of music to build up to that these two were also attractive. One of them looked like Dave Coulier, who I had <laughs> always had a crush on. Okay, so um, that covers Jets. Then we had a tourist go on, again from England. Fun fact, uh, this gentleman co-wrote Sam Smith's Stay With Me. So there, so there you go. I got to tell you, super impressed by him. I really had a great time with that act. Now, so, okay, again, the theme tonight is Journey, apparently. There was a big buildup. I would say not as big as Jets. Um, there was some steady house in there, and then they kind of took it down. Now, they're, okay, so what I noticed in this set was some, now it was getting later. Now people are getting more, less, um, their attention span's going down because they're drunk. I did notice, pe- well, it's true, you know, like, or, or, you know, they're rolling or whatever, but the, people can't pay attention yeah. in a way that they can when they're a little bit more sober. So I noticed in those long, dra- drawn-out, quiet sections, he took that risk, and unfortunately I did see a lot of people kind of moving away at those times and being like, well, it's time to get a drink, which I thought was really a shame because yeah. I was like, hey, no, stick around and see where he goes with this. Just sit with it. Yeah. But that's not something I, I, I understand what the artist is doing, but I also understand that crowd and kind of like what they're used to. And they just expect like, entertain me, entertain me, entertain me. And it's like, you know, keep it hard, keep it hard, keep it hard. And there isn't that uh, sort of like, vibe where it's like oh no we can actually slow down for a good fucking 10 minutes but stay but stay yeah. and watch you don't have to be moving every second put, put your arm around your okay you know what pro tip if this happens to you you're at a show and things slow down unless you really gotta pee or something don't feel like well i guess i should leave now because it's quiet like don't like put your arm around your friend or your lover or who or a stranger or put your arms around. Could be your lover later that night. Who knows? Like touching people, like just wrap your arms around yourself, and just kind of like look around and take it in and sway to the music a little bit. You don't always have to, you know, drop it and, and really move or, or really throw your head around and headbang. Just sway to the music a little bit. Check out the lights that are going on because uh, some of those trancier parts is where they really picked up the yeah. lights going on. And if you took the time to actually look around and see what they were doing, it's really really enjoyable. Yeah, breathe and be like, what am I doing here? Look up at the sky you're in an outdoor venue like this is not there aren't a ton you know what i'm saying and uh on a beautiful summer night like you could see the moon above just kind of breathe and take it all in you know what i mean like don't just feel like i guess i should just turn to my phone or go smoke like maybe you do want to change the scene maybe you do want to go to upper level but i would say like if you can mentally stay in the show if you find yourself like listen this is not going to happen off in brooklyn mirage because it's not typical that they'll have more experimental djs on but you know if you ever do find yourself in that moment just sort of i don't know take it in that's that's my my little rant for the for this particular episode 
Yeah, and it's totally reasonable. Like, uh, you know, like we said, not, not everybody's into every kind of EDM. If you're into EDM at all, you know, everybody's got their preferred genre of it, whether it's techno or house or trance or anything like that. But if you find yourself at a show that might not necessarily be what you tend to go for, just, you know, try and try and soak it in a little bit and try and see it from the view of everybody that is really into it and try and try and recognize why they might like it. Or recognize why the DJ's doing what he's yeah. doing. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, generally speaking, they're not doing what they're doing to be an asshole. Yeah. Unless they're dead right um, <laughs> generally speaking they're doing it for some sort of artistic reason and forget like these aren't just like you know hired you know clowns for hire do you know what i mean mm. to entertain you and just pushing buttons i mean a lot of them really aren't even say with like especially with some of Benoit, like these guys really are artists you mm. know what i'm saying or at least they're fucking trying yeah. to create something beyond just let's make i'm not saying that there aren't djs like that that's just my goal is to make people dance like some really do like to take you out on a journey and i would say you know figure out how to appreciate that i think we gave you a good starting point um so i personally loved what he did but uh going into that brian eno territory at a late night show at this venue was a bit of a gamble um but i think he also did really understand like crowd pleasers um the song that i opened this section up in with uh is actually not a tourist song yeah. <laughs> i don't know about tourists oh well, how would i even know his fucking songs but i know the song he played was a wolf alice song that i love called don't delete the kisses and, when they, and that's also on our instagram but um i just played a clip for that earlier um i don't know maybe i'll play it now too we'll have to figure it out in post but great song and uh, I know if I was Wolf Alice, I'd be very flattered yeah. that uh, this fantastic DJ chose me. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great moment. I love that song. Um, so anything more for you to say about Tourist? No, uh, but uh, he is definitely somebody out of all of those. Maybe Catching Flies, too. Uh, but Taurus is definitely somebody that if, if he comes back through New York to headline his own show, I, I'll, I'll grab tickets to that and see him again for sure. I actually would, too. And, and I'm glad that I, I saw him once. I would like to go back again, prepare this time to know that this is the kind of thing that he does. Mm. So that, you know, because I found myself getting antsy because it's just like I, I know what I'm used to. And then I had to have a little talk with myself, like like I'm a, like a two-year-old. Like, settle yeah. down. Yeah. Just be still. Yeah, relax and enjoy it. You know be what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Be still. This part is not, you know, the, the hype part. And it's okay. It's okay yeah. if not the whole show is hype. It's okay. Um, anything else about him before we... No, let's, uh, let's go to Bonobo. All right, so uh, so we've got Bonobo now. I may be playing a clip. Uh, what did I actually... Oh, no, I'm not. But I know what I'm going to end this show with, but we'll get to that. Um, so this guy, his music can be a bit experimental. Like we said, he uses a lot of, uh, you know, if you, if you check out his recordings, a lot of brass and again, employs, uh, um, music, uh, world music, I think of world music or what is world music, yeah. but the point is, is like not typical, like Western yeah. type music. So, uh, you know, African influences, Indian influences. I think some Latin, it's quite rich. Um, it's called the EDM Vampire Weekend. Yeah, so, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I can go with that. Yeah. Uh, so, very, very bass heavy. Uh, but some, like, that summery disco house and, like, some funky guitar beats. Like, he, instruments are featured in his, in his music. And I 
love that. Mm. That's what I love. Like, listen, Hard House is great. Uh, that's fun for me to really get down and dirty and, you know, low to the floor. But what I really, I personally really love, and a lot of people don't, they like, like, they want their electronic music totally electronic, and they want to hear just the robot sounds and the, and the, you know, big thunky, like, boom, beach, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, some people just want to hear dubstep. Yeah. That's all they want to hear. And that's fine. Um, dubstep is fun. But in this case, you know, the instrumentation yeah. behind it and the creativity with all that and the, the clear craftsmanship of the music that yeah. he made, uh, it's really something different, something really uh, cool to see. Now, like we said, this is a DJ set. Uh, he apparently also does do live sets with a full backing band. Yeah. I'd love to see that because I have a feeling that that's really yeah. something very cool. So, yeah, none of like a, what you would typically hear at Brooklyn Mirage is like, you know, like that, which is very popular right now. I probably just blew out your ears doing that so close to the mic. Um, none of that. Uh, this this was a, a very different kind of set. Now, I will say here, uh, I do not recall personally there being those kinds of long pauses and long drawn-out builds in Bonobo set. I didn't hear anything no. like that. But again, experimental, playing different types of music, playing stuff people d don't expect. Um, yeah, he'd definitely bring it down for a little while and let it build up to get, get like, right. we keep there throwing were, trance out there. He had, yeah, he had yeah. several moments of very trancey. The whole thing had a psychedelic kind of feel there to it. There were peaks and valleys, yeah. but there was no, like, long, drawn out, Yeah, like, he'd he trance you in there for about 90 seconds and then really punch you in the face with a good steady right. bass line, which, which tons of fun. Which 90 seconds is nothing. Yeah. Like, it's not you know that that's a good break um and even then it was just like there was still enough energy in the music to where like i didn't see people filtering out people were really into this set and that made me really happy because it's just listen i i love like those like you know very popular acts that go through they're they're like elenium and 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 galantis and et cetera, et cetera. i like them but i really like when they put someone on who's a little bit different mm. you know what i'm saying and uh you know and does use like you know having a, a bit of training of jazz myself like hearing those influences in fact my favorite moment which is the the clip one of my favorite moments, but um, that we'll probably close out with is when he uh, spun not a song that's not his, but a song called, um, oh my God, I can't believe I don't remember the name of the song, but it's by St. Germain and it's off the album Tourist. Mm. And um, it may be called, I want you to get together. That's the line. Everyone's heard this song. Yeah. It's got, it's like very piano driven. Um, when he played that, I was like, wow, I haven't heard that song in, like, decades. Yeah. Like, talk about a throwback. And it's just, And the whole crowd was getting into it, yeah, too, which is really, really cool. It's not the kind of song that you would normally hear at Brooklyn Mirage. And I was just like, that's so fucking cool that you are playing this. Yeah. Right? I don't know how many people here actually recognize this song, but I love it. Um, I would have stayed. Listen, if I had nowhere to be the next day, I had it in me to be there till four in the morning. Yeah, I would have been perfectly fine with it. I was really enjoying the set. I don't think he had much longer by the time we left. Things were definitely like coming down to an end there, and they were going to have the maybe the Quantico guy afterwards. But uh, you know, for the considering we saw almost the whole thing, you know, kind of a kill on our whole. You know, if you come for the opener, stay stay for the closer kind of thing. But uh, you know, in this case, just a great show, tons of fun. Like, absolutely got my money's worth out of it. We always have fun there. And I would also say, too, uh, if there's any venue where it's worth spending the 
$7 for a pair of refractor glasses, I would say Brooklyn this Mirage. this venue. Yeah. Um, you you know, listen, some shows have, have more going on light-wise than others. Um, yeah, I will say last night wasn't, like, I brought refractors and I bought the kaleidoscopes. Last night wasn't really, you know, worth pulling them out all that much, but I've been to several other shows there where it's fantastic to do that. Right. So, you know, just a little bit of a pro tip there. Um, overall, you know, uh, you go to the Brooklyn Mirage, no, it's, you know, it's going to start out dead, not quite as dead as what we experienced, yeah. I highly doubt, but, um, it picks up, it gets, it's, it's crazy. It's like a big party. There are places to get away if you need to do that. Um, and as far as these acts, um, I would say, listen, at the end of the day, um, the ones that I would be the most inclined to see would be Tourist and Bonobo. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, there really wasn't anything, uh, you know, poorly done mm. or executed, in my opinion, with any of these DJs. It's just a matter of personal preference and the kind of music that that you would like to hear. Uh, you know, again, just to give you the recap, I would say uh, Catching Flies, a lot of um, world music influences there. Uh, again, African, what, what do I mean by that? African, Latin uh and Indiana, that's mm-hmm. kind of what I heard. Uh, hard House for Jets, uh, Tourist, You're Going on a Journey, and Bonobo, just really cool. Again, world music, jazz uh, influences, as, and, and, and R&B, too. Mm-hmm. I really think that one song that we played at the um, at the beginning there, I feel like that's a sample from a Brandy song, but I, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, a good amount of sampling there, but uh, very experimental, and that's cool. You know, you don't get a whole lot of experimental acts at a, at a big venue like Brooklyn Mirage, Brooklyn Mirage, but it was great that they actually yeah. did that, brought him up. Uh, and, you know, he brought a, he had a big crowd coming through. You know, there's a lot of people that were very, very excited to see him. Yeah, I, honestly, like, uh, out, out of everyone, you know, I just, be, not just because of my familiarity, but because I'm aware of what the live shows are like. And in fact, our, uh, well, we're, we're circling back to uh, the, the first people that we met there, the first in line, a couple from Dallas. Apparently, this woman had uh, flown up, maybe it was her husband, mm-hmm. boyfriend, something up uh, from Dallas because they're such big fans to New York to come to this show. Uh, we met them at eight o'clock and he was already drunk. And I think we spotted them again around nine and he could barely walk up and down stairs. And I know Bonobo didn't go on until midnight, so we don't know if they caught him. Yeah, I definitely did not see them again. Uh, the other guy that we were hanging out online with, Omar again from Passaic, shout out, and Jose, which was his buddy there, uh, cool, cool dudes. We were chatting them up in line, and we were hanging out near them, not really talking anymore because we're, you know, in the middle of a crowd, can't hear anything. But uh, hanging out with them. Yeah, they were were raging pretty hard. They're having a good time. Did not see Dallas Couple again. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, those guys were like, we told you it gets good, but Dallas Couple, we didn't see them. But, yeah. Now, they did did say that they've seen Bonobo before, both DJ and and, uh, the live act there. So, I don't think they, you know, missed anything that they hadn't seen before. And maybe they just decided to park up on the second level and and try and breathe for a little bit there because that's the last time we saw them was going up there. But, I mean, it's like I've had a, uh, like, my one buddy said that he went there one time and his friend got kicked out within 15 minutes for being too drunk. So they will definitely do that if you're too fucked up there. Yeah, so don't. I'm surprised this guy, I'm wondering if they got kicked out because he was like weaving all yeah. over the place and she's kind of hanging on to yeah. it. I was like, if anyone sees this. Um, but anyway, what I was getting at with that was that they have seen a live, a live show with, you know, the instruments and that sort of thing. And yeah, this woman was like, it's 
truly something else. Yeah. Um, like nothing she's seen before. You you don't you just don't often see like a like a DJ you know doing all that you know ha- having that level of instrumentation. So uh, if you have the opportunity, we did not have that opportunity. Um, if you do take it, we're gonna post a link to uh, future bonobo shows right. in our description for sure and if you get a chance to see dj set too you you won't be disappointed especially if you're a big edm fan you'll you'll definitely have a lot of fun at that i mean yeah sure go for it so uh just uh talk a little bit more for a second because i need to look up what the hell that saint germain song is <laughs> all right yeah <laughs> while she's looking it up um rose rouge oh there you go rose that's rouge. right it's the first track on the album i totally got that wrong that's what we're closing out with. Rose Rouge, St. Germain, as uh, played as, by... As done by Bonobo. As played by Bonobo, as done by Bonobo uh, on Saturday, August 17th. Uh, thank you so much for listening. This is High Decibels, and we'll talk to you soon.